Well, hello there. Welcome to Streets and Eats, the podcast where we want to inspire you and your next trip by telling you all about some fantastic destinations and, of course, all about the food to eat while you're there. On this episode of Streets and Eats, we're going to tell you about our very last international trip before the pandemic. Uh, we took this one to the Indonesian island of Java, and wow, what a trip it was. This wasn't our first trip to India, Indonesia. We'd gone to a couple of different places before, Bali and... We'd gone out to see the Komodo, Komodo dragons island. on Komodo Island. Um, we have been to Bali, which everybody goes to Bali, it seems like, which is beautiful. But this time we wanted to go to see the temples and we wanted to see a little bit more of, I don't know, a different part of Indonesia. Because with all their 7,000 islands or however many they they're have. They're all different. They're all different and they all have their own personality. And what we found about Java, one big difference as opposed to Bali and those areas is there's not as much international tourism in Java. No, we, There's still fact, a lot of tourism. But it's all, Locals. it's all domestic. Yeah, which yeah, I domestic. thought was very cool. There were there were foreigners there too, but a much smaller amount, right? Than you would normally expect, except at some of the very big sites, which so, we'll talk about. Yeah, and we went in. It was our winter vacation. It's on the equator, so it's hot. It's always hot all year. It's hot. And it's, it's more humid. a matter of when is it dry and when is it humid and when is it wet so when is the best time to visit well their winter which is may through september even though it is on the border or on the equator it is actually south of the equator a little bit and it makes a big difference Um, but may through september it's not too hot there's not too much rain the humidity level is not too bad july and august of course are the coolest and the driest months Um, however I actually like the rain because like it's rain going too. to be hot all the time. Uh, and when you get a nice cooling afternoon rain, it just makes things more pleasant. Well, it feels like it, it sort of cools you off and it like washes off your haze and your dustiness from all that humidity. Yeah. But we went during December and we found that it may not be the best time to visit because we were there during their school holidays. And as we said, in Yogyakarta, um, which is the biggest city on the island, it was packed full of domestic travelers. A lot of school trips. Yeah, school trips, lots of school trips. Because they don't celebrate Christmas, really. I mean, they did have Christmas decorations and stuff. In some places, yeah. But it's not, I mean, by religion, they don't celebrate Christmas. So um, it's just a fun time for everyone. And that's when the high schools take their trips, apparently. It's their summer vacation, so. Yeah. They're all traveling. And that was probably a reason not to go in December, if you have the option. Uh, there were a lot of crowds at a lot of the different places we're going to talk about. And the midday temps were hot and humid, like without fail. In the afternoon, there was a little bit of rain, which, like we said, cooled it off. But boy, we went on our Jeep tour to Mount Merapi, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And we must have hit the worst torrential downfall. That's crazy. It was crazy, but you know what? It made our Jeep Safari that much more fun. I mean, we were in a 4 by 4 so it was just a blast. Well, one other thing that I thought was interesting, kind of tying the summer vacation idea and the domestic travel, because there's not a lot of international tourists in the area, 
we were kind of like celebrity status oh, we were in a lot of these places yeah. because most of the tourism that we did encounter was high school kid kids on a, on a trip um and they all want to practice they their all, english yeah, they all want to practice their english they all are very curious about of course everywhere else in the world and so they want to hear your stories and why are you there they know why they're there so that was kind of interesting and jim and i always loved um traveling during our christmas break especially to countries that were not primarily christian um, because we weren't there to do christmas we do christmas with our family like most people right but since we weren't with our family we would go travel to something that we didn't have to worry about closures um, closures we didn't have to worry about running into big events it would just i mean there was always new year's eve new year's eve is big around the world no Everywhere. matter where you are but for the most part, it was a good time to go. Everything was open and we didn't have to um, deal with the holiday bits, which I don't mean to sound we don't like holidays. We love holidays. But for travel, it was just really, really good. And it was also low season in most places. Yeah. So we weren't paying as much. So we really love traveling during our It's a good Christmas time breaks. of year to go. Um, we did get a Christmas present from from this trip as a matter of fact we got we covid while we were there that's right um we don't know when we don't know how it wasn't even a thing when we got it but it, it was what it was and we talked about having covid a little bit earlier in one of our podcasts but i'm here to tell you we did get a christmas it was present no fun. <laughs> i guess the only good about it was that we didn't actually get sick until after we got back yeah we got so we didn't have to deal with being sick on vacation. That's always a bummer. For sure. So anyway, the first place we went was, like I said, the largest city called Yogyakarta. And I just love, I just love the name of the city. Yeah. I, it's just such a cool place because it's spelled Y-O-G-Y-A-K-A-R-T-A. But everywhere you look, it's spelled with a J-O. J-O-G-J. Yeah. And they call it Yoga. Yoga. It's just really cool. I don't know. I love it. And one but of the places that was really cool that was the letters. You know, I love that because I'm such a, not because I'm really that into Instagram, but you know how they have all those Instagram letters spelling out the city. Right. They're always good photo ops. Right. And these were yellow and red. And it was just so pretty and all the people around it. I loved it. Yeah. So Yogyakarta is a great base of operations. You can get direct flights from a few different international locations. Of course, Asia Air, no Malaysia Air. It was Asia Air. It's a cheap airline. Of course, Asia Air, the cheap airline, uh, flies direct KL into Yogya, uh, and then it's a simple, a simple taxi ride, tuk tuk ride, or, motorcycle ride if you're alone. And if you want to go further than we went, we didn't wander that far from Yogya because everything we wanted to see was in the area, within like forty kilometers. But if we wanted to, we could have either rented a car and they have great train service there as well. They do. But getting around using uh, Uber or one of the local apps for share rides was perfect. And it cheap. was super cheap. There was no bartering. There was no wondering how much you were going to pay because it told you before they got there. We even rented them for the whole day for something like $25. It was 
it was the way to do it. We we got sort of spoiled because, that of course, when you do, do that, they have air conditioning in their car. And yeah. it was a nice respite from being outside. So Yogyakart is a pretty, it's a very populated city, but I would say size-wise, it's not very big. It's rather compact. It's very compact. Um, you can get around easily, tuk-tuk, uh, motorbike, if you want to ride on the back of a motorbike, or like we said, using a share ride app will get you pretty much anywhere. Oh, well, one time we took a horse cart. Well, yeah. But that was for, for kind a tour. Of, I mean, we took it because, you know, that's what everybody was doing. And and it was kind of like a tour, but really you just went down Maliaboro, which is the main street down, the shopping street. And that's where all the activity was during the time that we were there. There was tons of people out the whole time. And these horse carts, you know, they wanted to make a buck. And everybody was taking them, and it was so festive. And you, the people in the next cart over would take a picture of you, and you'd take a picture yeah. of them, and everybody would be waving. And I, it was just so... Very festive. It was very festive. It felt like, you know, you were being really welcomed into the city. Yeah, so the horse cart thing. was actually the quickest way to get up and down. Malibaro. Walking, there was Walking just so many people. Walking was so crowded. And you couldn't drive it, of course. No, well, actually, they may have even... Well, there were cars they're... on it, but oh my. Yeah. It, that traffic didn't move. But the horses had their own lane, and it was great. It was a good way to get around. But there's a lot to do in Yogyakarta. You can easily fill up... A couple of days. Two or three days before you go out and start doing day trips out. And But that's really what you're going to do there, is some day trips. But spend those couple of days. You're going to want to go to the Sultan's Palace... We had a great time in Sultan's Palace. That's where we really ran into a lot of different school groups, uh, and they were so excited that we were that we were teachers and we were traveling. They loved the it. reason they go there is because it really is where the Sultan lives, and it's a complex for um, Javanese culture. It is the main place that every Javanese person needs to go, so they do apparently in the winter. Yeah, we missed the timing on it. We didn't get a chance to see uh, any of the dances or anything like that. But it's still a great place just to go and get an idea of of the country. And, and it was a great museum, too, with lots of artifacts, museum. historical artifacts, costumes from the different um, eras. And, yeah. Carriages. Yeah, everything. The, but the one place I like better than the Sultan's Palace just for pure beauty, was called Tamansari, and that was a water palace. Basically what it was was a palace that was uh, part of the sultanate and had a former, um, had one of the royal gardens in it, but it was carved out of like a, a almost, I don't know what kind of material it was. It looked sort of like a sandstone, I think. Maybe tufa. Maybe. Like a volcanic stone. But it was white. Yeah. And it was so pretty. There was carvings everywhere. ornate Very ornate. And it... Water lilies in the pools. And you kind of walk down um, through a bunch of these little openings and and tunnels. And then you come into this area that it's all water around it. And it is the Instagram capital of Java, I'm sure, because that's what everybody was doing while we were there. Uh, you would have thought that they were full-on models as much as they were taking advantage of the surroundings. But it, it was gorgeous. I loved it. 
Tamansari was probably my favorite place in Yogi Karta too. Um, we talked a little bit about walking down Jalan Moro. Well, that's where you go to eat. That's where you go to shop. shop. That's where you go to have coffee. That's where you go to hang out. See your out. friends, hang out. Yeah, try the different pastries. When we were um, coming in from the airport on the bus, was it a bus or a train? We took the bus in. Yeah. we. I sat next to a girl, and she was more than happy to tell me some of the things I should do. And one of the things she told me to do was to eat the lumpia at a special little cart on Malioboro. Um, and so, I mean, if you tell me where to go for the best food, you know I am going to go there. We went there on the very first day, and the line, the lady said it would take two hours. I'm to like, wait for the lumpia. I'm not well, you waiting. know it's cooked fresh for you. Yeah, yeah. And the line was huge. But I wasn't waiting two hours for lumpia, so we decided to no. come back the next day. And we only waited 45 minutes. That's yeah, we much planned different. It, we planned our timing a little bit better on that one. And yeah. it was worth the 45-minute wait. We... Like we said, we found a place to sit on the road and just watch the parade go by. I mean, I call it a parade, but really it's just it was all people from all walks of life, mm -hmm. tourists, of course, and just locals doing their shopping. Not that many Westerners, though. No, no. Not very Doing many their Westerners. shopping, eating the street food. Uh, it's just a fascinating, fascinating 45 minutes of sitting there. We did go into one of the malls along Mollyboro because you had to go in and out the whole time. Otherwise, you just were going to build. It was so hot. The air conditioning was welcome respite. And we went into one and they were having a Christmas show. And so basically their Christmas show was they'd have a comedian get up and do a little thing. And then they'd have a vendor from the from the mall do a raffle and then they play a game i mean it was just it was cute we have those things in our malls too but it was it was nothing like what we would have in our malls at the same time so that was kind of a cultural experience that yeah. we just sort of happened upon that was a little fun it was good and that's also where we found the atms so that's a good place to reload your cash if you need to um that's a good tip for malls i think well, and for bathrooms, when you're in places where you're not sure where to go, the best place to go is to find a hotel. Right. That's where we always go. It's either a Novotel or an Ibis. One it of was those an Ibis. From that chain, right downtown. They had Santa Claus in the front, greeting everybody coming in. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah, he was skinny. He was very skinny. <laughs> um, he scared more kids than he... Then he made happy, I guess. Yeah. But um, they have, you know, they always have bathrooms right past the the check-in desk. They're not going to ask you if you are checked in there. It doesn't matter where you go. Just find the hotels. You'll always find a good Western bathroom. Yeah. And then the night market, really, the whole place comes to life after dark, all up and down uh, Jalan Malioboro. More shopping, more stalls with food and it's just a, almost like a huge party you know we didn't really we didn't really go to a restaurant did we i don't think we went to a restaurant no, we ate the whole time we were in yogyakarta we ate street food the whole time just because it was so plentiful it looked so delicious and as we said I mean, they were definitely turning it over, so you could tell that it was fresh. You never go to the street stall that, you know, doesn't have a line. You want yeah. to wait in line a good 10 minutes. Make sure that what you're eating is, is the freshest. That Make they sure they're, just they're put cooking it, on the grill. it right then. 
That's the good thing about street food. You can see what's happening. So you can make that informed decision. So you could have saute and chicken wings and it was really good stuff. I, I couldn't even tell you everything we ate because we basically walked, got something to eat, walked a little if more. It looked good. We tried it. <laughs> we tried it. That's right. It was a lot of fun. We did take a cooking lesson while we were oh, yeah. in Yogyakarta Carta as well. Um, we've started this new thing. Well, we started it a call few it years ago. Yeah. And we found that, and we'll talk a lot about this during our podcast, I'm sure. But we found that when we take cooking lessons, we learn so much about the people. You know, when you take a, a tour, a sightseeing tour, they tell you the history. They tell you right. some good stories. But you don't get that really intimate how connection you, with the person leading the tour. Well, not just that, but you, well, you certainly don't get an intimate connection. That's right. And usually with a cooking tour, you have that person to yourself for a good three hours kitchen. or so in their kitchen. But on top of that, you, you don't get to find out how they grew up or where they went to school or, you know. How they learned to cook. What did their mom used to cook and what their grandmother used to cook them. And All so we just stuff. found that that's a really good way to start to get to know the culture a little bit more. Um, we've had varying degrees of success, depending on um, if that's something that they really do in that country or yeah. not. I would say Yogyakarta is just, or the Jav- Javanese, it's just coming into maybe thinking about doing cooking lessons. But we did take one, and we end up having to take our Uber out to this um, little house in a neighborhood that was, I would say, quite a ways from the kind center of, on the of town. Outskirts, yeah. Maybe it was 10, still in town, but it was on the outskirts, like ten k or something no, away. Not that far. Not that far. Everything seemed far because of the traffic. It took some time to get around for sure. But we got there and we we got out of the car. We weren't, of course, not even sure that we're in the right place. Well, it was just somebody's house, <laughs> which are, which is the way we like it. It is exactly the way we like it. And of course, the lady was waiting for us, and she comes running out. And her name was Mimi. Yeah. And her niece was there too. That's right. And her niece spoke very good English, and actually Mimi, Mimi spoke very too. good English as well. I don't know she, but you know they always worry about. She was that. worried, so she so asked her niece to, to come. Yeah, they always try and find someone, which was kind of cool because her niece was a college student. So we, aside from just getting an insight into daily life in Mimi's house, we also got some insight into what it's like for a college student. For younger kids. Yeah. Um, and w- so Devin was with us, and it was just Jim and Devin and I. And so the three of us, we went in there, and one of our main goals was to make sambal. When we lived in the Netherlands, um, we used to have sambal all the time because nasi goreng and nasi lamang right. is such a very popular thing to eat in the Netherlands. So they had to have sambal to eat to, to go with it because that's what you do. Really strong Indonesian influence. For the Asian food in Holland. From the Dutch. From the Dutch East Indies company. Yeah. And basically, sambal is a pepper paste. Sure. Very spicy. And so it wasn't. it's not hard to make. Um, you basically put a lot of peppers together, and then you smush them with a... Pepper, garlic, onion. Mortar and pestle. And smash it all together with the mortar and pestle. And you put it on literally everything, from fried chicken to gudang to Bread. everything. Bread, yeah, everything. Just scoop it up and eat it. And it is so delicious. And of course, the fresher, the better, of course. Well, and this was super fresh. We went to the market with her. That's right. First we went to the market. Didn't really do a market tour, um, but she took us around to the different stalls and talked about a lot of the different produce that they have and and where it comes from. Uh, And that was a lot of fun in and of itself, too. 
Uh, we would go to the markets no matter what, as you know. Yeah, but definitely. It's always kind of nice to go with someone who knows what the produce is. Yeah. Uh, so we, we made sambal with her. We made uh, fried chicken. And we made gudek. Gudek is the dish of Yogyakarta. And it is a fried... Stewed. Stewed jackfruit. jackfruit. That's got spices in it. And it is super it popular delicious. there. You know, it, they loved it. And we so we sat down, we made all these things, and of course we had a little feast. And I would say we were there almost four hours. Yeah, it was a good time. And we just talked and talked and had a great time. It was Cooked and definitely talked. one of the highlights of the trip. And I highly suggest that. Uh, not only do you do cooking lessons, but you try and find ones where you are not in a cooking school. We've done those, and they're fun as well. But we find the ones in people's homes to be much more intimate we did one hotels often offer them too um but those tend to be more of a make your own lunch type thing and you don't really get an opportunity to ask any questions have conversation so yeah in someone's home in their kitchen is the way to go Uh, and that's what we did so after we had our fill of yogyakarta um we were based there to begin with and then we decided that we wanted to go out and see the temples of borobudur and pramadan and so instead of, which you could easily do, they're you not that they're not that far trip. at all from Yogyakarta. But we decided to go ahead and 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 um, stay in a different hotel and get a little bit of a different um, outlook because they're out in the countryside in smaller cities. We knew it wasn't going to be anything like the big town, right? So we got a different hotel, and this little hotel we were in a cabin. Um, and they had a pool, which we didn't have at our other hotel. Yeah. And the restaurant was, of course, right there beside the pool. And you ate right there because there isn't really a whole lot of restaurants. There were more night markets, again, near the temples. Um, but you had to have transportation. And we were kind of in the middle of some rice fields. Yeah. We were a little bit kind of remote, um, but well-situated to visit Borobudur. And yeah, we could have arranged for transportation to go into the village and eat at the night market, but the food at the place was fine. At the hotel was local food from local produce. And this way we got to go swimming and cool off at yeah. the at the end of the day, which was nice. Well, and there was one time when we were swimming, this kind of cracked everybody up. It was so hot. So hot. That I mean, we can't even tell you. You want to be in the water, but you don't want to be in the sun. So, and it's not covered, of course. And it's not a covered pool. So we ended up with our umbrellas. Shading us as shading we're swimming in the pool. Swimming in the pool, just kind of sitting in the pool. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But we did get some strange looks from some of the other But you know visitors. what? Just like any time you come up with something new, there were other people that tried it after That's us. That's right. Because that said was I think we down. started something. Yeah. From now on, if you ever see someone with an umbrella in the pool, just want you to know we started that first. That's right. <laughs> Give us credit. But we really wanted to stay there because visiting Borobudur, um, this 7th century Buddhist temple that had been largely forgotten and overgrown for, years for hundreds years of years. years. Yeah. It's um, like 1,200 years old. It's an incredible temple. And we wanted to be able to be there for a sunrise. Sunrise, which is a very popular thing to do. And if we saw tourists anywhere, that's where we saw them. Yes. Hundreds of them. Maybe not thousands, but hundreds. 
Well, the sunrise was kind of nice. We've done other sunrise things too, and it just doesn't always pan out because you never really know if you're going to have a sunrise. Um, but we did at Borobudur. It was a beautiful sunrise. All kinds of different colors. It went and through the whole gamut. We got there early enough. Well, what happened is most of the times you have to do it by tour. In fact, the gates are really not open. They say the gates open at six. So that's why we didn't take a tour. Um, and all we did was we told the hotel we wanted to book um, transportation to Borobudur first thing in the morning. And they said, okay, no problem. They do this all the time. So they didn't say anything about a tour either. But once you got to the gates, they it seemed like everybody had everybody to have a tour. Everybody else was on a tour. And they even gave us a sticker that said we were on a tour, even yeah. though we never paid for a tour. Uh, who knows? Maybe the hotel, when they when they set it up. It's considered a tour. The, the only way know. to do it is a tour. So that's what they booked us. But they told us it was just the entrance. Yeah. Um, but it worked out. And we got. We didn't want anything more than that. Anyway. We got the entrance before sunrise. And we had a chance to explore the temple a little bit as the sun was coming up. Um, and like you said, once sunrise happened and the sun poked its head over the horizon, uh, there was plenty of people climb, well, not climbing still, but sitting all around the temple. Uh, and it was still kind of cool, even with so many people, because everybody's quiet, it's hushed, and they're just waiting for the sunrise. And there's maybe some birds off in the distance making some noise. And it was really cool because, like we said, it's hot and humid. But in the middle of the night, it did cool down a it little bit, down. which was nice. And there was like a little misty fog. Yeah. So you had the misty fog in the forest, and then you had the golden sunrise. It turned into like purples, and I couldn't believe all the different colors that we that we saw as the sun was rising. And it took quite more time than you expect, too, you know half an hour, 45 minutes, what have you. And then you have it really the rest of the day to go around yeah, the temple. Yeah, you can stay as long as you want. You can stay as long or as, as long you as you want. can handle the heat. And there's plenty to see at the temple. There's something like almost 3,000 um, reliefs which tell, tell stories. There's something like 260 stupas yeah. that have um, bodhisattvas, is that what they're called, uh -huh. on the inside in different positions. Um, so you could, I mean, and I, t I must have taken a thousand photos. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just a stunning. And there were quite a place. few people there. However, after the sunrise, it kind of started to thin out a little Pretty bit. Pretty much right away. And yeah. there was a period of time after the sunrise, people started leaving before the regular day visitors were coming to where it really wasn't too bad crowded wise. Uh, I was able to wait in a couple of spots where I wanted to get a photo for a nice gap in the in the humanity and actually get the photos. So that was nice. But the temple itself is a round temple. Like Jim said, it was mostly overgrown. And it's withstood so many national disasters. Volcanoes, like earthquakes. All kinds of stuff. In fact, in 2006, there was a 6.2 earthquake right in that area. And even though there's nothing holding the rocks together, it's just a sort of, what do you call that? Where you have the um, pin and that you sort of puzzle them right. together. Yeah. What do you call that? There's a word for it. I there can't. is a word for it. But you know, where the rocks are all fitted. They're fitted the stones, together. I should say. And, and it lasted through that earthquake as it had for many years prior to that as well. 
it's such a really cool place. And I had been wanting to get to that place for so, 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 so yeah. long. I'm it's so been glad on our that list for a while. We weren't disappointed. In fact, just the opposite. Um, we were so thrilled to finally get there. It was a great, that was a great visit. Uh, it is crowded though. Like 2 million visitors each year. But again, but a lot of did those it are domestic. Really and I think sunrise is the way to go. Yeah. It really shows you how pretty it is. Okay, so we went there after we were done um, with the temple. You walk out of the grounds, and there's plenty of beautiful flowers and gardens to see gardens and things are beautiful. like that. Um, but then we basically went back, and we were in the pool and stuff like that. So that yeah. that worked out really nice. There are other temples the around that area that you could go explore. Um, they take some trekking to get to. We didn't have the time for that, so yeah. Well, what we did do was the next day, we were going to go to Prabhadan, which is a little bit further away. And then um, from Prabhadan, after we did that, we were going to go and go back to Yogyakarta. So we were only two days out of the city. Well, we ended up being three days out of the city. Yeah. Um, but Prabhadan, as opposed to being a Buddhist temple, is more of a Hindu temple. And it was built somewhere around the 8th century. And it is completely different. Completely 100% different than Borobudur. You have to do both. Yeah. You have to. It's not a, the case where you've seen one temple, you've seen them all. Right. The architecture, the art, it's completely different. And the people were different. Yeah. Well, first of all, there were some tourists there, but not... Well, when, when I say tourists, there were some Westerners there. There were more Westerners at Prambanan than... No, at Borobudur. At Borobudur, right. Far more, like by then times Promenade. ten, yeah. At Pramodan, they were mostly mostly um, domestic, domestic, and they were Hindus, and they were there doing pilgrimages and stuff. So it was a completely different crowd. The people were so sweet and so friendly, but you pretty much had to wait in a little bit of a line going into every single one of the temples to climb the steps, to climb the steps, go in and look around and see which which God was um, in yeah. that temple. And, but they were so pretty. And the lighting, again, was gorgeous throughout the whole day. Um, we did have a little bit of rain, so it was kind of a cloudy day. I kind of like those days yeah. because you get, you, get all kind, you get a little bit of cloudiness, and then sometimes you get the sun peeking through, and then towards the end and of the day... you get some rain, and it clears yeah. up the sky sometimes really beautifully, which yeah, is what so, happened that night. Yeah, it was just... It day. really had a lot of different sort of um, backgrounds to our pictures and stuff, which was really nice. So there um, used to be 240 different temples in the complex, but um, a lot of them have been looted. Some just crumbled. They didn't withstand those earthquakes. Um, but there are still quite a few. And they were few, small. They weren't yeah. the big ones. Um, and, and they're just kind of left in whatever whatever position they ended up in. Um, but the larger ones are still standing, and you can visit inside of those. Um, but really, it's got a cool legend for this temple. Yeah, I think, you know, Any a lot legend. of things, anytime there's a legend attached to it, it makes it that much better. <coughs> and this one is of a princess, of course, whose father wanted to get her married off. And he did the traditional, he's going to have a contest, and whoever wins gets her hand and gets to marry her. Well, she was like, mm, I don't like this guy. 
she wasn't real thrilled with anybody. She didn't really want to get married. She was a woman beyond her time, I guess. And she says, I, I have a caveat. I have my own um, detail that you have to take care of. As you are the winner and you are so strong, you should be able to build me this beautiful temple overnight. She wanted it to be a thousand temples and it had to be done in one night. And that was supposedly the history of Prabhadon. Why there are so many temples there. Right. So the warrior who was going to win her hand said, I can do this. He apparently was in cahoots with some spirits. You know and, how they are, those spirits. <laughs> and he summoned them to come help him after the sunset. And they started working and they started working and they built 500, 600, 700, 800, 900. But the night was getting late. Morning was coming. Well, the princess, of course, didn't really want to marry this guy. So he didn't quite make it. He only got to nine ninety nine because she tricked him. She convinced the chickens to crow early, so they crowed early, and the spirits had to leave. The night was over. Yeah, they can't be they, there today. But they had only built nine hundred and ninety nine temples. So she turned him to a statue, and who knows when she finally got married? But it wasn't that day. Yeah, I like it. It's like you know. We spent a good couple hours at, at Promenade. We did. There's quite a bit to do there. There's also a huge market outside. It's actually not even outside the grounds. It's as you are heading towards the exits. It's like your usual uh, gauntlet that you have to get through, except it's n there's nothing usual about it. Uh, it's a full-on market. Food stalls, souvenirs. But more like for locals, I think. Well, it seemed like they were having a festival while we were there. So there was there lots was of flags and on. it was really pretty. And one of the parts of the festival that was really cool is they had made all these statues and even rides, sculptures. really, sculptures out of uh, rice straw. Yeah, that's right. Um, they had, the, you know, those sculptures. wings where everybody stands in front and so you have wings. They yeah. had that. They had a big um, monkey god where you would climb up they would take a crane and they would put you up in the monkey's arms and take a picture of yeah, you there kind of like king kong yeah they had um oh, I, I can't remember all of them but they were very intricate and they were very cool and that was fun to walk around i really around enjoyed them. that part too they had a, like a little ferris wheel area they had yeah, lots some to small do. Rides. yeah they had some things to do and it was just really fun and like i said everybody was in a festive mood on top yeah. of it so that was great. We, we get back to the hotel and we found out that um, they have a ballet there every night, a show. So we immediately signed up for the show. Um, we pretty much like to do those. We know they're touristy and we know they're sort of kitsch in a way and not everybody's into them. But I got to tell you, I mean, there's no way that you're going to see this stuff otherwise. Yeah. So we go ahead and we pretty much do it. They're never that expensive. And this one was a Ramayana ballet and it was cheap i mean i think it cost it us 15 dollars yeah. or something each and when we got there there was only one other western family so it was for the locals i felt kind of you know good about that because yeah. it wasn't being taken that's what they were there they weren't putting it on for us no it was, they were putting it on for their culture yeah and it was a cute little theater and the ramayana ballet was i thought fascinating it was gripping they had, it was gripping, it was gripping, um, but 
what was kind of cool about it is the local performers were aged somewhere between five and, of course, 35 or 40. Who knows? Right. Uh, the upwards. But the little kids were out there and they were dancing. They had their part to do. It was great. Yeah. And the costumes were amazing. And it wasn't even that hot, which is always good. <laughs> no, it was really good. So we really enjoyed that. And what I thought, what I really liked about it, besides the ballet part, was when we booked it with our hotel, we oh, said yeah, that's we need right. to. We're going to need a way to get to the to the ballet area and back and back. And they're like, and no, said, problem, no problem, no problem, no problem. So what they ended up doing was getting three guys on motorbikes on their motorbikes to take the three of us. And we sat on the back of the motorbikes and zipped across town. To the ballet theater. And usually, I mean, there's usually four of us traveling. Um, Sometimes only the two of us. We do a lot of travel on our own without the the kids. But this time there's three. So we almost never do the motorbike taxi because it's just too too hard. There's too many of us. So it was kind of funny that this is the way that they were going to get us there and get us back. And we did it both ways and it was fun. And I thought it was well worth it, actually. It It was was kind of cool. Well, so then we go back to Yogi Okarta, and as we're back, we're like, we, we almost have like this whole day. What are we going to do? And we had read about these Merapi Jeep tours. Merapi is a mountain. It's the active the, volcano that's kind of above Yogi It's north of Yogi and it's the highest mountain in Java. Yeah. It's very sacred, very religious. And it's active. It had erupted in 2010. Yeah. A deathly eruption. It had something like only 270 people died, but there's not that many people live there. But it wiped out a town or village, I should say. Yeah, which you know because they take you through the whole thing. That's part of the tour. Um, But anyway, so we decided we were going to go. Well, then you have to figure out the logistics, right? So we're like, I had read that you don't have to take a tour. You know, I'm kind of big on trying to do things on my own if I can figure it out. Right. So we... Um, hired the same Uber guy that we had and he was so happy to see us and we had him for the whole day and that was kind of fun. He was such a nice guy. He even bought us lunch. Remember that? Yeah. He bought us some, well, lunch is a stretch. It was more like a snack, but I mean, it was just so cool. So, and then the next day we end up hiring him again for this whole day and it was just by accident. It wasn't, it wasn't by design at all. Anyway, so he gets us there again. It's about 30 kilometers from Yogyakarta. And then when you get there, there's just a place where all the Jeeps go out of in this one uh, like station, I guess Central you call garage. it. Yeah. A garage. And people just sit there and wait until it's their turn for their Jeep to go out. And we were the only foreigners at That's this. That's right. <laughs> it was a very, a very busy thing. It was very, we end up waiting, I'd say 45, 45 minutes. Maybe an hour. Maybe an hour. Um, and they had coffee there and they had like little snacks if you want to buy snacks. Um, but in a place to sit. So it was very comfortable. But and it yeah, was great we didn't, people watching. We didn't have to set up anything beforehand. We just drove up. I walked into the office and said, we got three of us. We want to take a Jeep tour. Um, we ended up getting lucky. We didn't really get a chance to choose our Jeep. But if you get the chance, um, make sure you get a Jeep that has a cover on it. <laughs> yeah. a, a, a roof. Not... Not a roof, like a hard roof, but a removable roof, or in our case, it was a canvas roof that could be rolled up and over. So we had the roof it, it wasn't down on, when we course. started, uh-uh. uh, but then I think you had mentioned earlier, one of the worst rainfalls in, of our whole trip. Of our least. whole trip, and I think even for them in, in years, 
just came down on us during the trip. And after the first couple of drops fell, you know, those big, huge, big fat you, you summer those, drops yeah. <laughs> that like one drop hits the windshield and covers half of it. You go splat. And then it's and all the driver said, um, we're going to stop for a minute and I'm going to put the top up, which kind of restricts the view. But, but it, we, really we you're there. The top up. You're really there to be in a Jeep and going over these four, you know, four wheel drive roads. And like you said, they take you to, um, one old village that was wiped out by the volcano. They uh, have a museum. They call it a museum, a museum now. There. And then there's another place f- where you go after a bunker. But mostly you're driving around on this volcano down into a riverbed. And so the view is great, but it's not really the full experience. So having the roof up wasn't a big deal. And when the rain started falling, it was a lifesaver. We saw... You know, so many other Jeeps. They were just getting they had soaked. Trash cans that they just cut open the top. Not and, cans, trash, know, trash bags. bags that they cut open the tops and were wearing those to try and keep dry. But you couldn't keep dry in that. No, no way. There's no way. But they they were having a good time because we're four wheeling. We're up on this mountain. We stop at the the many little sites that are on Mount Merapi, which basically was some really weird bunker. Some very strange little alien rock thing that yeah. was like, <laughs> you're supposed to be able to see a face in it. And plus it was like not supposed to be rock that was from that area. Plus they had the museum, which is was sobering and dusty and mm. kind of gut-wrenching um, to think that that was a house where people right. just recently had lived. Like, it, like he said, the eruption was in 2010. Um, so not that long ago. And just a bunch of really weird sights. But the whole time, as Jim said, you're on these four-wheel drive roads. You're stopping. Everybody, again, is just having a good old time. I mean, that's what you're out there to do is have a good old time. And after you come down off the mountain, they take you into the river. And you do into some... Into the river beds. Se- and... Into the river. Into the river. Yeah. And you're splashing around, just driving and doing 360s and... It was a lot of fun. It was a good choice to have as our sort of farewell, uh, farewell to yeah. Uh, Java. Yeah. Yeah. So Java was one of our favorite places in Indonesia. Uh, we highly recommend it. Fly into Yogyakarta. Make that your base of operations. Get out to Borobudur. Get out to Prambanan. Definitely take the Jeep tour on Merapi. For a strange experience. <laughs> And uh, if you can, book a cooking lesson and just enjoy all the food. And and the people. The people the were people. fantastic. And, you know, we found that in all of Indonesia. So if you want to go to Bali, we loved Bali too. And we especially loved going out to Komodo Island and Rinka Island and um, taking the boat. We basic, For that one, we basically took a, a boat for three days and we were the only people on the boat. It was kind that of It was weird. a great trip too. It was great. Indonesia is a fantastic destination. We highly, highly, highly recommend it. Thanks for joining us on Streets at Ease. We hope that we've encouraged you to to, um, think about what uh, travel you want to do in the future and do everything to savor the adventure. Make sure that you hit subscribe and tell your friends. And hey, thanks for listening. Leave us a five-star review. Ciao Ciao for for now. now.